I would have loved for it just started like with just him going. <laughs> He just bleeds. He doesn't do anything. He just bleeds. <laughs> and like, well, like, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the original, and I've not seen the four hours. I don't have any intention to see anything because I find it hard now to be with my own thoughts for twenty minutes. Um, you know, maybe that's the, the best. Yeah, I just yeah, love but, the look but, on your. But watching the movie is not being with your own thoughts. <laughs> Believe me, you, you don't have any idea what the hell is going on. Being watching a movie a lot of times. Sorry, Charlie. But a lot of times, it's exactly about not being with your thoughts. Yeah. It's yeah. like I think it's more. You know, I think I've grown up with watching screens most of my life, and the fact of holding a screen here now doesn't do it anymore. Like if I have it on my t television, which obviously I can't have at all times because I'm deaf as a fucking post, so I've got to have the whole thing going at like loud, and like, oh, sorry, I've got a story actually. <laughs> sorry, me and my brother once bought the extended edition of apocalypse now like when it first mm. came out on dvd i think i've got it upstairs and oh, the, nice. horror, ah, the horror i'm reading it now it's pretty good so when we got it we had my brother had record deck speakers mm -hmm. and we had linked up his record deck speakers to like his big screen tv like and turned up everything like the bass the sub everything so when it started you know obviously it starts with like the <laughs> when it goes into this is the end so it was playing yeah. so much it started shaking the house like it was just <laughs> shaking everything to the point my grandmother came in and went what the fuck's going on is there a war going on in this room <laughs> and she starts going like this is the end <laughs> By the way, um, in Heart of the Darkness, that is, I think, when Joseph Conrad mentioned about the shadows line, mm. you know, in this phrase, which I think it's amazing to uh, uh, lots of filmmakers. Uh, Greta Gerwig mentioned so many times about the shadows line. It is basically, it's like that point when, like in your life as well, when you start to appreciate things when it is already over. So yeah. it's like you, you notice happiness when you're already over it because you never know when you are in that situation. Yeah. Just the only time you can value it when you're already over it. And that's the shadows line. Sorry, so Conrad, Conrad is one of my favorite authors when it comes to, at least of the colonial era. He is like the dude. And the fact of the matter is that he was releasing these books literally condemning colonialism and everyone was reading it like, yes, we need to industrialize a savage. He was like, no, we are the savages. <laughs> um, and the fact that and actually, it's so blatant. Um, I mean, I just read the, the first, you know, of the three chapters, I read the first one. And uh, oh. it's like right away, he's like, Jesus, right away. Have you got to the bit when they're actually in the Congo? Yeah, they are. They are now. And he's like, he met the manager and all this shit, but he hasn't met the, the guy yet. Um, yeah, yeah, he hasn't met Kurtz yet. But like... It, Kurtz, it, actually, it, It's, it's immediately, he's just so blatantly saying, you know, even when they, at the beginning, they're coming into London and they're all like marveling, like, oh, we're returning to civilization. And the guy just goes, yeah, but you know, imagine when the Romans came here and like they were coming in here for the fucking savages and stuff. And he's like, <laughs> immediately he's like, you know, it's civilization now. <laughs> that, that's the thing. Because have you read anything else by Conrad? No, this is the first time I'm reading. So this is the he's, first thing. Actually, to be honest, Heart of Darkness is like the best thing to start off with because Lord Jim, like just, if you, have you read anything else, Charlie, by Conrad? Um, I, 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 
my parents have Lord Jim at home, and also he wrote the Duelist as well. In the he wrote the Duelist, Lord yeah. Jim, Tales of, oh fuck, Tales of. I can't remember. It's a it's a group of short stories which literally is like we are the savages. <laughs> like each story is brilliant in its own little self. It's all set. It really helped because when I was actually reading it, I was in Indonesia. So actually, no, sorry, I wasn't in Indonesia. I was in Malaysia, but still, like islands are islands. Uh, you know, so close. The yellow people, whatever. <laughs> really? You want to say that? <laughs> I know you're saying that because that's actually mentioned in his novels, but like. I mean, come on, you got to appreciate the irony of, of me saying that <laughs> during this conversation. Some of it. Um, but yeah, and it's really funny when, like, a lot of people were going like, no one knew what was going on in the Congo at that period. And I was like, Conrad literally exposed, was like talking about it. And it was a common fact back then. Um, I mean, that's he, the same as, you know, when, when, um, uh, when Auschwitz was exposed and then everyone from the village next to it was like, oh, we had no idea. Any of yeah, like, yeah. We kept seeing trucks coming in filled with people. No one ever left. And there was like that weird smoke. But, you know, we don't. Yeah. Yeah. We have no idea what's, what's yeah, going on. We, yeah, we, of it, course. It the, the, ashes, the ashes, which is, you know, just came all around the co- town. Covered all the town. But, you know, yeah. we don't. Must, must dude, burning dude I've been yeah. to Auschwitz. That town is insanely close by the way yeah i want yeah, to I mean, like that, that's the whole thing you know everyone was like oh we had no idea they were doing all that stuff it's like what the fuck did you think was happening like you so didn't you, hear any of the you, screaming nothing you can't see auschwitz from the town because we went through it but you can see the town from auschwitz it's really weird because it's like on a hill kind of thing mm. like it's but, not really a hill. sorry to correct me if i'm wrong but uh, so far as i know in auschwitz it wasn't killing it was Birkenau who was in next to it. That was the town when actually yeah, was all the all the killing. Auschwitz had uh, had they they hold yeah. them as a camp, but that wasn't an execution site. No, so it was right. in yeah, you're it was right. Birkenau. Yeah, the, Auschwitz, was in, no, Auschwitz was an execution. It was an execution. It was a concentration camp, but it still had six ovens. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Like they they were people there were still working, dying there, man. But they had oh, of the, course. I mean, but wasn't regardless? The oven, it's horrible. I, I, I don't actually know this. I know that they had the, the ovens, but um, actually pretty recently, where was it here in London? I saw um, last year the um, the model of it and everything. I forget where it was. One Imperial our, War Museum. Imperial War Museum, yes. I know that model very well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but was it, it, the ovens was like, whenever they were already pretty sick or whatever. It was just like a, so the ones this that are going to die, we get rid of, or the ones that die. Auschwitz was built as a kind of a concentration camp. And when they say, con- it's not like processing, like you were sent there to die, yeah, just yeah. they weren't executing. They were just working you to death. Exactly. And it got to a point where they were killing so many. They were like, well, why not? Let's, let's get it. Let's make. So they did make uh, Birkenau next door to it, which but pretty much it is one camp but it's two yeah. camps if you know what i mean yeah, yeah and it was like literally to transfer them to one to the other does not take long auschwitz itself is like is actually quite small well the what is the concentration camp is actually quite small um it's got one oven it's sorry i say what sorry one building with like three ovens and by the way anybody who says it never fucking happened has never been there is no i mean, uh, that's, I mean that's how people very... can even just 
that's a very no, recent you, thing. I don't you, know where the fuck that one came from. It's like because I've met people who are like, oh, Auschwitz never happened. And it's like I've stood in the middle of it. I have seen like the torture area. I have seen. I've been to many fucking genocidal who hasn't torture seen camp it areas. At this point, <laughs> well, who have you two been? No, no. Uh, what I'm saying is like you know, everyone has seen it one way or another. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. But okay, uh, I uh, sorry, I just want to mention that there is a Hungarian writer. Imra Kertész. He did I don't know if you heard about him. The... <laughs> yeah. Didn't, he, didn't they make film a film based on his events? And it's it's like in the concentration camp. Yes. And it's, it's really so, well-known Hungarian film. It, I can't it, remember it, what it's called. It's called Hopeless. And uh, the, the book, what he wrote, he got a Nobel Prize for it. So it's quite famous book because he got all the Is prizes and everything. Is it also called Hopeless? It's called Hopeless, yeah. The so book. you can find it. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he wrote it in English. So he did. He later on he translated to Hungarian in his own book, but he wrote in English first. What's his so name? So that one it is. Uh, his name is Imre Kertész. If you type uh, homele- uh, Hopeless and just try, write, uh, uh, you know, like. Uh, Hungarian Aus- film. Hungar- Hungarian or anything. The Nobel brings up. The Nobel is quite famous. And uh, they made a film about it. And. Uh, uh, um, it it was a big deal because Hungary, it was like a really big deal. And he mentioned in his novel as well, and they put in the film, that happened with him as a boy, what happened in, in Auschwitz. And he said when he came back, he got rescued from the, the camp. Even on the train station, people started to questioning him, it was true or not to exist these camps. And he said, yeah, I'm just coming from there. And they were like, yeah, but do you have any evidence? Have you seen anything? It's like well, well. In this case, I don't think so. It's 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 happened, yeah. you know. And it's like even that time, the people were like, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't believe it. It's happened. I'd, I'd say I don't know because I've seen a few films with Holocaust deniers and stuff like that, and it annoys me when they fucking say this shit because I'm like, mm. no. There's there's, <laughs> this, there's this weird, very misguided, very misused um, people's cynicism is just whack. It's like. Um, this whole thing of like using the internet to get your own access to information and all this stuff. Oh yeah. Bullshit. When people talk, I mean, that is, that's a, that's something I would always praise, you know, like using this incredible access to information that we have. But generally when people talk about that a lot, all they mean is they've replaced TV with something else. Yeah. You know, they've replaced it with whatever select channels on the internet that they believe in. And and then they just want so hard to discredit something that's been said to them that any other version comes along, you know? It's like, man. It's like yeah. somebody said in the how much we changed, you know, in the 90s, we did cloning and we did lots of great, amazing inventions. And now, like 30 years later, we try to explain to people the, the, the Earth is around. And yeah. actually, people stabbed in the moon. It wasn't faked. It's like, I'm I mean, believe, we're going backwards. Like the, okay, the whole, okay, there are know, people the, who the whole, need to be yeeted. Like the flat Earth, do not use that word, please. <laughs> For me, it is in the same, Let's talk like gentlemen. Group. I, yeah. I, okay. I know, I know we need to be absolved into the sun. Okay, because I know we make jokes too lightly about rape, but let's speak like gentlemen, okay? <laughs> let's not talk like... We shouldn't be joking about that. Like fucking Gen Z. Anyway. Um, fun thing. 
I heard about um, in a place, well, in where I work, which Shanti mentioned, <laughs> they were talking about their um, like recent marketing and, and all of that. And they've decided to, um, in the last two years, go on television. And then someone from the marketing team was talking to the whole company about, you know, why we're on TV and all that stuff. And they said something that I was actually, this doesn't happen a lot to me nowadays, but I was actually shocked. I was like, I would have never, like, it made perfect sense, but I would have never thought that. They were mm -hmm. like, the main reason why we decided to go to TV, even though it's so much more expensive and so much harder to do, is because people take it as serious information. So like when they see you on TV, they think, oh, that company is for real. And mm -hmm. on the internet, they don't. And I was like, the fact that someone mentioned this year, TV as a reliable source of information, I was blown away. I was well, like, you well, no, I think it's because you're looking at it from a different angle from the, you've got to consider this from older generations and stuff like that is that TV has built itself a reputation as being the most trusted, like, yeah. like white people still is, trust large yeah, amounts yeah, of yeah, newspapers. But, it's because know, it's like, built itself a reputation. Yeah, and yet, <laughs> You how? Know, like how? Dude, it was, like, dude, like, like, no, I, I know how, this side of the globe, I know how, but, but I mean, like, you know, nowadays, man, it's like, you oh, know, the man, fact it, that it people built. still think, okay, that company is real because I saw it on TV. It's like, well, that's the thing. It's built, like, for example, I still think, I still look at certain companies on the internet, like, and since the pandemic, I started going away from it. But, like, in 2019, I was looking at companies on the internet going, mm, I don't trust that. But, you but know, then I'd see like an that, advert or something on TV and go, yeah, like... The thing they, is, when, they, they when I heard it, when I heard it, it made sense. But, I mean, I was, it was weird. It was a weird feeling to suddenly realize that... It's a rude awakening. That, uh, uh, yeah, people still make that association and that's just fucking odd. The rude you know? awakening, my friend. But it's yeah. like, 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 for example, before the pandemic kicked in, before we started doing this thing, all three of us, like... I know I've always said that cinema is a dying thing. I don't mean as in cinema as in the general film industry. I mean as in the mm -hmm. cinema business. Oh, yeah. Going to see a film in a giant fucking screen is dying. And yeah. I was always told by people, no, 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 it isn't. It will last. And I was like, look, it's lucky if it will last the next 10 years or 20 years. People are like, no, no, no it'll keep going for the like next 50 because it's part of people's thing. And before that, I couldn't really get any evidence together to say like, well, well yeah people are gonna stop there's, there's something even bigger than i think you, you're kind of hinting at but the thing is that even uh, this has been mentioned a lot but it's like uh, uh as people we our attention span is going down rapidly like Fuck even yeah. movie itself i don't think will die but it's become something completely different where now where it's become a very extreme version of what it had been becoming so what the business was making it into and not just movies like for example music you know you, you still have great music out there and all of this but the mainstream stuff went from being music that you would like dance to and you know you'd have love songs they would tell you a story and all of this stuff it went it went from that to being the noise on the radio 
So it became just, you know, you put something on the background. Like people don't want a record. It went from ballads to jingles. Is that like people don't want, exactly, yeah. But also like people don't want, you know, of course, you know, the stuff we listen to and a lot of people do listen to, you know, like people seek out the, the actual artists and all that stuff. But in a broad sense, people mm. don't want a record that takes you on a journey anymore. People want something that you put on and there's a nice beat going on in the background. And yep. movie is as rapidly started moving towards that, where now it's more like, you know, Netflix and chill. That's the whole thing. It's like people want something that's playing in the background and it's got a lot of colors and, you know, and it, it's there. It keeps you company. That's it. Don't ever have a go at me about Gen Z shit ever again when you just use the term Netflix and chill. Yeah, no, I didn't use the term. I'm, you you just went, no, it's just Netflix and chill. Exactly. You I'm used make, it, motherfucker. Exactly. I'm making the point that that's how people <laughs> treat it now. Do never speak like Gen Z to me. It's fucking weird. And they don't actually know what? words, okay? Oh, man, that's wicked. By the way, that's, that's <laughs> happening already, what you mentioned. You know, it's like in, in, as a movie business, obviously the most expensive films, they will go into the cinema because they are the one who's attracting big audiences like Fast and Furious and this type of films. Oh, where, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't really need to do some work of your brain. You're just watching its spectacles, lots of explosions, with sound design, it is shaking, lots of CGI and everything. Whatever it is, you have character or story that's going to TV. So that is what you can get from streaming the you know devices. That is when you can from television because people have got more time to paying attention of characters. Yeah, but, if they like it, if they don't, they can just switch channel exactly. and they watching something. But else. the thing is that at some point, you know, like people will go to cinema and stuff because it's like the experience of going to the cinema, or whatever. But I think that that's definitely destined to die because. You don't need to fucking pay however much and go and sit in a room with a bunch of people when all you want to do is just be looking at your phone while it's playing in the background, you know? It's too mm. loud. It's too but, much work. But, but don't, don't forget, we have uh, already a, a bad experience with this. And if yeah. we're talking about in that type of cinema, like, for example, the, the uh, Prince Charles cinema, when people are movie lovers and yeah. they're going for a certain reason to watch yeah. that film. It's not a shopping center cinema when yeah. people just want but, to killing time. But absolutely. But that's kind of my point. It's like, you know, that's the same way that the music industry, you know, I would go to shows regularly, you know, and they were kind of, they were kind of cheap and it was a whole experience. I would go and watch something I loved and buy the merch mm. and then whatever, all of this stuff. But that's like the lovers go and do that. And musicians don't fucking make a living out of this you know they have to do all yeah. these metrics there's yeah. um sorry not to link not to try and link it back to joseph conrad but i will there's a in his tales of oh, i wish i could remember the fucking because i'm keep thinking tales of the unexpected and no it's not that um there's an actual thing about what is known as a, a guy around town at the moment like pretty much he's you know like like I don't know if you can imagine a guy in Victorian era, but like walking down the street with kind of, um, he speaks French in, in, in when he's not supposed to, he's like wearing like all kind of flowery gear. And there's a line in it, which is like, nothing could ever hold his attention. And to link it to kind of like, like the idea that he would only 
preoccupy himself with everything that was going on in the now. He would never plan ahead or anything like that because he could always get, and it's this kind of luxury that people of that era kind of, obviously it's harder. It was harder back then than it was now, but you get this kind of thing of now that we have this luxury, we have it in so overabundance. It's now kind of everywhere. Now it's the moneymaker where beforehand it was like the niche, the people who could literally not need their attention taken because it was always gone. Like those guys were kind of like, they had so much um, thrown away, like that they could do it. It was not common at all. It was shocking. And even until, and then right up until now that technology has now made it so cheap that you can just, you don't need an attention span anymore. It's not just the thing of cheap is actually, you know, we know all the stuff that have been done into this and, and whatever, but everything it's is designed. Easy. Everything is, it's not just that. It's much more insidious than that, I think. It's like everything is designed to, Im- to grab you all the time. It's an assault on your senses constantly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely mm. feel, especially since, you know, working with, you know, on the computer and all that stuff, I definitely feel like some days I need to just, you know, I, most days I get home, I drop the, my phone, in, in one room and go to the other, you know, and I don't look at it because it's tiring. Like everything constantly wants you to look at it. You yeah. Know? It's information just overwhelming. Exactly. And everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. And because we're so used to it, I mean, we grow up like our generation was the last one that was born outside of this. Like, you know, yeah. the concept was always there in marketing and all this stuff, but technology grew so much in our lifetime that any generation after us, was born into this, you know, they're kids and they're, they have a phone in their hands and everything's like flashing and notifications and it knows your name and the things you like and, and what you talked about and everything is designed to call you constantly. So you don't, you don't develop your, your attention span anymore because you're just used to being pulled to things. You don't, we've forgotten how to seek out the things we like and enjoy them. You know what I mean? We just, all we know is that thing called me. I'm going to look at it. You know, mm-hmm. and it, to me, that's fucking tiring. Like, I mean, it's exhausting sometimes even just to have stuff next to me. You know, like I, I remember being a kid and just first I remember just going out and just walking for hours with my friends, you know, and, or like, yeah, like looking at a bonfire that that was enough for us, you know. And I remember like, you know, if I wanted to listen to music, I would sit at home and maybe I would have a record even when it was downloaded or whatever, you know, I always knew the new stuff that was coming out, but I would sit down and listen to that record for like mm-hmm. three times in a row, reading the lyrics and getting into it, you know, like love it, you know? And even now, you know, I still feel, I consider myself a lover of music, but even myself, you know, Friday comes around. I know there's a bunch of new releases on Spotify. I notice on myself, like I listen to, oh, I'm going to listen to this one. And then it's like halfway and I'm already clicking on the next one to see what th- those guys came up with. And, you know, yeah. it's too much. It's too, we've been, we're force fed this and we've been thought to operate that way. And that's super dangerous. Yeah. Also, it is come along because you have so much choice. And, and because of that, in psychologically, it is brings up that question, you know, if you choose something, 
what the other can offer if you made the right choice. So you start to jumping between them because, you know, you start listening one music and it's like, okay, that sounds good, but yeah. what if, if the other one is better? So you're jumping over and the same what happens with films, TV series, or even if you're buying for a jeans. And there was one guy who had a TED talk and it was really, really awesome about how the modern society, it's actually give you in this pressure. Like he said, like 15 years ago, he had a jeans. He had the one jeans, one option, you want or not. He bought that jeans, he really loved it. And he said, okay, I want to buy a new one. He went in the shop and the girl was like, okay, so you want a slim fit or normal? And he's like, I, I don't know. So do you want a, a blue one, a brown one, a black one? Or, or which one do you want? Shorter, longer, or you want to have a different type of it? And in the end, you're ending up so many options, you have no clue what should you choose. And doesn't matter what you are choosing, you will always have the feeling, what if I would choose the other one? Maybe that would be much better. And you're never going to satisfy because there and, is always this question stays. And there's the, I think I saw that uh, some time ago as well. Um, and there's the, the thing which, besides the fact that you're always going to be unsatisfied, which we are, I mean, people are more depressed than ever, literally. Yeah. Um, but besides that, there's option paralysis that comes from that, which Adam knows, Villager Escape Plan wrote a brilliant album about it. Um, and, and we will show you that one day. That will be fun. Um, but... <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, no, no, no. <laughs> I really, I really don't think the... that child no, would yes. ever be ready for it dinner. It really job. needs to happen. Anyway. All I've got to um, do is send him the fucking videos for like any, any video any, from one any, of us is the killer. Not well, actually happen. any, any video yeah. whatsoever. And it'll Anything. just be him going. Um, <laughs> anyway. So option paralysis, which is, which it comes with what you're mentioning, but it's not just the fact that you're insatisfied. Is that the fact that you actually cannot, choose mm -hmm. you can't make a decision because you're there's so much choice we've we're literally losing our autonomy in that sense you know like yeah. how many people are, i mean i'm sure you've all run into it like i run into it all the time which is meeting people whose sense of humor is memes online you know mm -hmm. or have, thank you alphonse or witnessing sorry <laughs> that, that's drop the <laughs> thank phone. you motherfucker drop the phone you know <laughs> uh, it's like I kind of I feel like the guy from the network. Like, put this down. Go to your window and scream. <laughs> I'm a human being. God damn it! You know, like, dude, I choose to take the blue pill. <laughs> but it's, but it's, <laughs> I choose it's, to take it. The, it, you know, you you run into like maybe the same conversation in two different scenarios because it's something everyone saw on Reddit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. People are losing their, you know, we're not not unique you don't need to be completely different from everyone but the thing that's interesting about people is that everyone brings their own look into it right like we're three different individuals but we're we're more and more homo homogenized as time goes not because we're respecting everyone but because we don't know how to pick anymore you know when yeah when we were kids you know you would know one guy who was super into music you would know one guy who was like uh, dreaming of being a champion of like skateboarding mm -hmm. and you know and they you would have to go and do these things you know you like music you start a band you you skateboard yeah. you build a half pipe, half pipe with your friends in the backyard you know you like you movies know? you go work in a cinema 
Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> not even that. You start writing scripts and you get your friends to yeah. play them out. You know, like yeah. you would have to do those things. And now it's like you look at your phone, you read about it, you watch all the TED talks, and you. Dude, I found my old. I found my old artwork. Yeah. Like the other day, I found my old artwork and like the old stuff I used to paint. And like I was looking at it, like I used to do like churn out fifty of these a day. Mm. Well, actually, no, that's probably exaggerating, but at least ten a day. I like wanted like to, <laughs> but but you know, I think because the message is, it's like suggesting to you can have it all, you can have everything, yeah. and because of that, your attention obviously it is getting split. And by the way, split attention doesn't exist; it's scientifically proven. Yeah. That means you just don't pay attention for one thing. So it's like it doesn't ex- exist in split attention, and you know, it's like yeah, in in back of the days. I'm sounds like a really old man, but yeah, it's like you are, you have... Charlie. You're the oldest out of all three of us. That's true. That's true. You know, <laughs> it's, it's it's like yeah, you you had to pay attention for one thing, what you will be able to do, and 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 that's it. But but nowadays, you know, it's like you never get satisfied. And one of my teacher, an old teacher on the university, she she was teaching psychology, and she said something which is I think it's really really interesting. She said. Being an adult, it is to understand when you have an option to choose. When you choose something, it is not about the choice you made, but about facing the fact when you choose something, you let it go the other options. That is to being adult. To understand if you choose one thing, you don't have an option to choose the other thing. And that that's when people are growing up. And I think in the society, when suggesting you can have it all, you don't have to make a choice. Or if you make a choice, it's a bad choice because you could have the other one and the other one and the other one. It is like you don't have anything at all. Yeah. Meantime, you think you have something. Yeah. And you don't grow up. And that's the very exactly. important thing. Yeah. That's the whole point of it. You don't grow up. Yeah. You don't grow up. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're depressed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, who isn't nowadays? 